0: hear all of these different gurus or you know professionals saying you know you need to have this many touches with people before they reach out like i don't think there's an exact number but i think the overall message here is that you need to consistently be reaching out to your your past clients your database uh, to make sure you remain top of mind
1: level level up level 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 up level
0: up welcome to another episode of level up my name's Katie i'm here with my partner daniel how are you today For better great to hear so it's been a good good run with this podcast we're doing pretty well almost at 50,000 downloads which is pretty awesome I'd say. So before we get started, just wanted to remind everyone, if you are listening on Spotify, if you could just click that follow button. And if you're over on Apple podcasts, give us a ranking, just click those five stars, ideally, and maybe even just a bit of a review. We'd really appreciate it because that really helps spread the word about this podcast, gets it out to more people and hopefully helping other colleagues of ours in the industry to just make their business better.
1: Rate us, unless you want to give us one star. Because if that's the case, you can just avoid all that and hard pass. When when you open that, I feel like some people listening were like, "This is the end of our podcast." When you said it's been a good run, (laughs) it's like, but (laughs) maybe keeps you
0: guys listening. It's good. It's like what? That's right, hanging on
1: every word. So yeah, no, there's a huge announcement at the end of this episode. So stay tuned, listen to the end. And you can't just skip to the end because you won't hear it unless you won't listen work. to the whole.
0: Yeah. We have like uh, the technology that adjusts our our podcast if you just our fast. Our algorithm. Forward.
1: That's the AI built into this thing, is that you only hear the good stuff if you listen the whole way through. And that's always the case. Um, and this is a special, special episode because this is the first double spectacle episode of Level Up where we both got our new glasses. Oh. Reminds me of that Wiggles song for those of you with little kids. Mm-hmm. And, it's like the uh, old
0: school wiggles too. So you'd have to be a very particular
1: Wouldn't even know who the age wiggles range are of your anymore. kids. Now I know with that feature about anti-glare or reflection, mm. I can see my computer screen yeah. and my glasses, but yours are nice and clear and I see your actual eyes.
0: You didn't upgrade. Didn't take it. That's okay. You don't need them as much as I do. So hopefully-
1: This is yeah. a very weak prescription. I probably could get away with it. You, on the other hand, the moment you take those off again, you won't even- see the microphone I just don't know here.
0: how I could I've been going through life with just life blurry like it's just you know it's just so different with without glasses but anyway I've been surviving it's all good
1: they're a very nice pair and you're rocking Lisa Loeb vibes
0: oh I thank you you're your teenage crush so that's a good thing I guess was she I don't know you said that one time maybe <laughs> Maybe not, maybe you're like, whoa, I mean hated no, her I I, I
1: I say it as a compliment, I say it as a compliment. I don't know that I really had a thing for her, but as far yeah, as
0: thought I heard you say that once, but maybe not. Maybe okay, I well, mixing it up with Kelly Kapowski or something like
1: that. Kelly like Kapowski was definitely one or one a, no doubt, no doubt
0: my favorite was when you told me that you're like
1: know where this is going,
0: the mom from. What show oh, was
1: um, it? Um, um, yeah, no, I know what you're, yeah, but no, but she wasn't, she wasn't on, on the top of the, I don't even know what I said. She was like, as far as your... like sitcom moms went, mm-hmm. it was. Um,
0: it wasn't the mom from Home Improvement, was it?
1: No, 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 it wasn't.
0: Um. Oh, why am I drawing a blank here? Because
1: it wasn't King of Queens either, even though no. I have all kinds of time for Leah Ramini, also of saved by the bell fame. It's Stacey Carosi went yes. on to become. I was going to say Rick James's wife. Kevin James's. Wife. <laughs> Rick James was not on. Uh, I don't. Who was the mom? I don't remember. Oh if she God, that. That's it'll all I remember. Come, okay,
0: well, it'll come to us. That's what you can wait for to the end. We'll we'll come to. We'll remember and then.
1: Oh, you know what? I'm I'm seeing her now, but I can't. I think it was Everybody Loves Raymond's wife. Oh right. Was it Raymond's wife? Although I don't really have a thing for her now that I'm picturing her, but it might have been her.
0: I don't know. It was one of those. Like I feel like, yeah, they're so all kind ready. of look the same. But anyway, whatever. We are yeah. not talking about that today. Daniel's crushes from I'm definitely Judith's not past.
1: though. A hard pass on Angela Bauer from Who's the Boss, and a hard pass on Judith Light from Growing Pains. Those two, those two moms did not do it for me. Growing Pains. Oh, Seaver was their last name. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, what was the mom's name? something Seaver. I know Mike Seaver was Kirk Cameron, who people thought I looked like when I was a Judy?
0: kid. Judy? <laughs> I just feel like it was one of those names. Judy
1: Seaver? Maybe. Judy. No. Alan Thick, so. and Anyway, that'll be a whole other thing. Maybe we'll have an 80s sitcom historian come on the show next week or at the end of this episode. Um, but is that yeah. what we're talking about this week? Is that the topic? Because people probably clicked on this expecting something a little bit different.
0: Completely different. Yes, that's we are okay. not talking about that. Or no, we are not talking about that today, unfortunately. But we're talking like about something equally to, important. When? There,
1: there, There's going to be a sitcom throwback comment or two over the course of this episode, wherever I can find when I'm going to reference things. I feel like that's a good way to make connections for people of our vintage. I can't wait.
0: And I'm sure the <laughs> audience can't wait either. you <laughs> hear the sincerity it's in your voice. Amazing.
1: All right. Well, you've got the runway. I'm going to zip it for the next little bit and just come in with color wherever appropriate and inappropriate as well. Jump in. What are we talking about?
0: All right. Well, today we are diving a little bit deeper into a drip campaign. Um, What that is, how much value it can provide and how it can really help elevate your business in terms of automation and systematizing things. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I know before I jump in... I want to, I want to define what a Drip campaign is because I always kind of jump in and you're like, whoa, let's bring it back a little bit.
1: Oh, I'll make sure we bring it back if it needs to be brought back. Can I bring it back to whether the word is systematize or systemize? I don't even know.
0: I feel like I, I like, upwards. I like
1: systematize. It just sounded really long, but I feel like you might be right. And if it's not, that's what we're going to go with going forward is systematize.
0: I, I think it Yeah, adds a little extra fancy to the word. So we're going to, we'll stick with that
1: it's yeah. a little extra fancy. All right, fancy Nancy. What is right. a drip campaign?
0: All right. So a drip campaign is essentially a more automated email campaign. Um it could be any number of emails, any frequency of emails that you're sending to a set number of people. Hopefully, you know, you know, I guess step number 1 is well, step step like <laughs> we could go way back, but hopefully you have a CRM number one, and hopefully you're tagging the people that you have in your CRM to identify common types of clients that you could provide value at more of a mass uh, scale or, or at a mass email level. Um, So we can, we can talk about any type of client, whether it's tenants, landlords, investors, first-time home buyers, all sorts of different people, but You know, you want to take a look at who in your database is maybe a larger subset so that you can provide more value at mass to those individuals.
1: This is, it's an opportunity to segment. Um, It's, I think, above all else, like you said, this is a way to automate your process and to save you a tremendous amount of time while still delivering, consider Mm -hmm. like focused value. To people mm-hmm. in your database, yeah. um, because time is money, as they say. So I hear.
0: Yeah. Well, that's it. And you hear all of these different gurus or, you know, professionals saying, you know, you need to have this many touches with people before they reach out. Like, I don't think there's an exact number, but I think the overall message here is that you need to consistently be reaching out to your, your past clients, your database uh, to make sure you remain top of mind with your clients. And I think, anybody can think of uh, several email campaigns they're likely a part of, or that they've signed up for. And the types of emails, the number, the frequency of which you receive them um, vary quite a bit. Like I, I, there's one that I finally subscribe unsubscribed from because I was getting probably three to four a day, which was very excessive to me. Maybe it just wasn't a value valuable topic to me. I don't know, but I felt that was a bit excessive. So It's really, yeah, kind of identifying what makes more sense for the type of client you're looking to reach out to.
1: I think there is a sweet spot with this and probably not a science necessarily for every type of drip campaign. I think it does vary depending on what sort of value you're reaching out to and to what kind of audience you're reaching out to. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for example, you talked about you know, tenants versus, like an investor probably does not want as frequent a drip campaign as a first-time home buyer or someone oh, who's yeah. learning about the market. Um, but it does depend on what the nature of the content is, which we're going to talk about as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I get some that I have or haven't or inadvertently signed up for. Um, and I think when you get inundated with something so much and you're not opening any of them over time, that prompts you to unsubscribe quicker than if you're getting things infrequently that even if you're not consuming it every time, getting something once in a while, you've got to find that sweet spot to get enough touches where you're staying top of mind with people, but not so many that you're this annoying just thing that when they see your name, they associate it with spam.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the rule of thumb, we've kind of always went with, with our own ask clients has been kind of like a quarterly email. Um, and that's more of a personal touch, but I think anything in the once a month type range for the most part, um, unless these are clients that are looking to transact within the next month or two or six months or whatever it is, like it's a more of an immediate thing. Obviously you want to be in touch with those individuals a lot more, but you know, if you're looking at making a campaign and I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll kind of, draw from what I've just implemented for a subset of my own own clients. And that those are tenants. And the reason why I wanted to focus on those individuals is because in the past, a lot of those people have become a great source of not only repeat business, but referral as well. So I want to make sure I'm sending value, add information to them on a more consistent basis. Um, because they don't necessarily get my monthly market report, which is more driven to, you know, values of, of properties that, you know, speak more to buyers and sellers versus tenant issues, for example. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to make sure that you're, you're understanding what makes sense. And as you said, like an investor's database would, would probably be less frequent. So you want to see what, what kind of makes most sense, but I think monthly, maybe every three to four weeks is probably a good start. And at the same time, you don't want to be overwhelming yourself because we want to talk about how you set this sort of a thing up. So if you're saying you want to email everybody once a week, you know, we're talking about, you know, 52 emails. Are you able to actually put that sort of thing together? And, and my recommendation would be you want to have the whole thing put together and then implemented in order to make sure that you're actually being consistent with it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, for me... The idea of a drip campaign is, it's a it's a story that has a beginning, middle, and maybe an end to it, usually an end. It's a taking this subset of people on a journey, and you want to define what that is. So what are you trying to accomplish with them? You mentioned with tenants, it might be multiple things. It might be, in some cases, getting referral business. It might be transitioning them into figuring out whether they can buy. It might be Um, just providing solid info for tenants to keep you top of mind, whatever it is, you need to identify what your objectives are for this particular subset. And then the same way we do with everything else, draw that into a, how do I lay this out in a way that is providing value and sprinkling in the ask and the call to action where appropriate. Um, And that might look like a dozen that might look like 20, that might look like 52, potentially, right? Especially if you're going after people who are a cold list, right? Or like people who you're just, the goal is just to be top of mind, you might want to be in their inbox once a week, right? But with that, to your point, creating 52, or maybe the drip campaign is 25, and it restarts after six months, kind of a thing, you need to be aware of what this is going to look like. And Uh, I guess you're going to talk a bit about the tenant one, like specifically what that looks like when you're building it, but like, how does it flow? Is there a consistency to it? And what's the goal that you've got in putting it out there so that when Mm -hmm. you design it, it makes sense looking at the whole thing, not just one after the other.
0: Yeah, and I'd say that's probably step one, is you want to define who your audience is so that you can identify what are the value adds that you can give them, what are the topics that you want to talk about? Because if you're not defining that, you're kind of all over the place and not knowing where to focus your your efforts. So in terms of the, the drip campaign for tenants, it's basically tenants who are either past clients of mine that I helped secure rental for or not clients but they're currently renting so maybe I've had a conversation with somebody that is currently renting they're not making looking to make a move but I've gotten their contact information and they've been put into my database or a lot of times if I'm representing a landlord on a lease deal and the tenant moves in you know I might I have their information, I might ask if they want to be kept updated on, on things that would be of value to them, and they can also be a contact that you send this information to. So there's all sorts of ways you can get individuals into your database. Um, a lot of people advertise lease listings to get potential clients and maybe something doesn't work for that particular person, or they're not in, in that frame of mind to, to rent at this time. Again, it's something that you can ask for their information and, and just add to your database. There's any number of ways that you can add this subset of clients to your database.
1: And There are so many, like you touched on, there's so many subsets you could be going after, right? So if you're right now at a position where you're saying, hey, I've got a CRM or I don't, whatever, I've got a thousand people who are in my database. Like with everything, the more you're able to break this down into reasonable sections that require or would benefit from their own personalized marketing approach, you might be able to build a few different drip campaigns with yeah. different frequencies and different content, right? You might have your tenant drip campaign. You might have your first time homebuyer drip campaign, your past clients, like you were saying. You know, a tenant might fall into more than one drip campaign, which also lends itself to what we were talking about that maybe doing weekly is ridiculous, right? If you've got, you know, a couple of monthly drips, but somebody falls into two. They might be getting tenant information and then also information that you send all your past clients hmm. that are yeah. different, but both relevant. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. There's
0: going to be crossover for sure. Yeah. Um. And and I also sorry.
1: It's it's just it's really all in the organization. It's in mm-hmm. being able to come at this before you start building content, and not just say I want to build this for these people, but to identify. Are there other areas where I'm going to want to build things? And are things going to be talking to each other, intersecting? And how am I going to manage my time to build everything I need to build? Because the good news is once you build it, it's effectively a set it and forget it. Definitely from the drip perspective, Mm. right? But it allows you to focus on more of that hand-to-hand combat stuff on a one-to-one basis and on business building to get more people in your database.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, I know we're talking about several drip campaigns and most people aren't even at one. So I just want to make sure that people understand that you start with one and you work, yeah, you you work up if you want to from, from that point forward. So a very simple way to get started is once you've identified the type of client that you want to bring value to and and, and put some, some emails towards is how many, how often are you gonna do it? Obviously that determines the number of emails that you wanna put together and the topics that you wanna talk about. Um, so my recommendation for the most part is if you're looking to get started and just want kind of a framework for the first one is start with 12, 12 to 13, so that you have like a full year because, um, you know, start with 12, do it once a month, and you've got a full year of touches that you're having with that particular subset of clientele in your database. That would be my recommendation. Keep it simple. Don't go overboard. 12 topics. And
1: and, and yeah, the you said it right at the end there. I was going to cut in with it, but then you said it, which is good, which is the simple part. Like mm. these don't need to be groundbreaking, like productions every time you send something out it could be a simple tip it could be a resource yeah it could yeah. be um and it should be not could be but it should be something that's evergreen for the purposes of this drip yes. because in most cases if not all people are going to be adding or get added to the drip campaign at different times like that's the beauty of it is when somebody joins your database they can start at email 1 and go through the 12, if somebody joins my database today and then another person joins my database in three months, you want the 12 topics to still be just as relevant three months from now as they would have been today. Um, And you don't run into that if your drip campaign is like you're identifying 12 news items from now and putting that content together. Well, it stands to reason that 10 months from now, talking about the state of the market and interest rates won't be the same discussion right yeah. in, in a year from now so be aware of what you're building to be something that is able to be relevant and consistent and you can adjust it you know we could talk about that you can definitely add take away make edits as things become less relevant or as rules change in advertising whatever but do it based on what you know now as something that will live on for as long as you need to use it
0: hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's it. That's that's super important. And you know, as rules change, as you said, you can you can always make adjustments. And a lot of the stuff you don't have to like make up. You can like, hopefully, you have a buyer guide where there's you know maybe first time home buyer incentives or or FAQ a FAQ section where you can take you know the most common questions that you get. And basically copy and paste. So it's not like you're recreating. And honestly, chat GPT helped me out with a few of the topics that I wanted to talk about, um, towards the end where I was getting tired of, of writing out some of these emails, but, um, you know, there's, there's all, all sorts of different ways you can just take from your existing guides or whatever that you've already created. Um, and the other thing is, you know, as, as, as you were talking about, um, how like when people are added to it, they they automatically start getting these emails. And for some people that might seem really confusing, but if you've got a CRM, I would say that's probably one of the more common functions that a CRM will have. And it might be a bit of a learning curve. You're going to have to figure out, okay, how do I set up a campaign and, and what's the timeline and how does it work when I add somebody in? But those are the types of things that you're going to have to do behind the scenes but it it should be a very common feature of most crms to be able to do that for you so that that work you don't necessarily have to do it's just figuring out how how you set it up
1: this as much as this might be something people aren't doing a lot of it's not groundbreaking strategy that we've just realized is the golden ticket it's just something that people aren't leveraging enough and to your point a lot of people get CRM systems, but they're just using them to organize their contacts and yeah. that's it. Yeah. But they're built to actually like CRM is customer relationship management. It's not just customer indexing, Yeah. right? So this is a great way to manage your relationship. And as your database grows, you need things to be flowing 24 hours a day that don't require your consistent oversight to be oh, shit, did I reach out to that person? Or what do I say here? You know, I'm supposed to call them because it's the quarter mark and I have nothing to give them. Think about how much time it saves when this is automatically going out there to the right people. And once you build a drip, I know I don't want to go back to multiple and getting to step two, step three, step four, but it's set, it's forget, you've opened up now all that extra time That you can either look at the next subset and say, do I want to have another drip in place? Or now that that's flowing, what's missing? Or what personal touch can I now supplement that with? Or the nature of the messages, they don't all have to be 12 or 10 or 50 resource emails, right? There can be calls to action. There can be prompts for people to ask a question or do things and that will hopefully be able to trigger more things from you when people interact with Mm -hmm. your drip campaign. The point of the drip campaign is ultimately you're going to connect with these people, not just that they're getting an endless array of emails and you'll never hear from them again.
0: Yeah. And I would recommend through the drip campaign, you want to set up reminders for yourself to reach out to these people every so often, personally, like, Hey, how's it going? Like, you know, I don't know if you've been getting my emails, but just want to make sure you don't have any questions. Are you thinking of maybe making a move soon? Like, let me know how I can help you. Um, that's important as well. It's not just set and forget and never go back to them ever again. It's still, you know, personal reach outs in, in between as well.
1: In the drip itself. This isn't, and and hopefully nobody's looking at it this way, this isn't like a crafty marketing thing that you're trying to trick people into getting caught in your web. In a lot of cases, this is the sort of thing people will want to sign up for if Mm. they know that it's available to them, Yeah. right? So in the same vein as a newsletter, it's very similar to a newsletter approach. It could be a newsletter. Like your drip campaign could be something like that. The difference is a newsletter is going to be fresh content you're creating in real time, whereas this is something like we said that's evergreen and that's going to keep going. We've got a drip campaign yeah. for people who have interacted with this podcast or people who have interacted with our brokerage in the industry side of things. So for anybody who's not getting stuff from from you know our group, you know things like our OTB 100 resources we talk about on this podcast, people reach out from time to time saying hey, where's that guide? Where's that thing? Where can I get it? If you're part of the drip campaign, we've got going all these resources and reminders and things are going out there. And it's a way for us to stay involved with people in addition to real-time content like this that we're putting out and we'll continue to put out for another 50,000 downloads, hopefully (laughs) plus. That's
0: right. So just um, you know, a few topic ideas that I did for the tenants. Um, number one common questions that tenants ask. I think that's a really one good one to cover. There's a lot of things that go on that people assume or mistakes that are made. So just clearing up some of those um, those things. Um, what happens if my landlord wants to sell my property? common forms that tenants should know about and then kind of touching a little bit on first-time home buyer stuff like incentives the first step you need to do to buy a home so those kinds of things kind of you know mixing in different elements of what people might want to know about through being a tenant but also as they think to maybe next steps of purchasing a home so um, if you want the full list reach out to us I'm happy to share it with you guys um, and then in addition to those 12 I'm also adding in You know, a monthly market report, um, news updates that might relate to first time home buyers. So let's say, you know, the incentives change or land transfer tax is different now. Like um, those kinds of things that are more timely versus evergreen, as you were talking about, um, are things that you can add in as additional touch points throughout the year.
1: Remember, you can do that easier because you've segmented this market, right? (laughs) Like the drip campaign isn't a standalone thing where you can't do other things with this same group. Right? So part of the exercise of segmenting people into tenants or whatever it is has now created an audience to which you can now send additional stuff. Like it's just, these are all ways to make you doing your job easier and more efficient so that every time you want to send something out, you're not checking a bunch of boxes and trying to figure out how to filter out your audience to who should get something. So Make use of the tags and all these things we've talked about before in your CRM to allow you to leverage all the tools. Like these drip campaigns are are gold. If you're not doing it or if you're thinking about doing it, if you've got more questions about how to implement it, I mean, reach out to us. This is the sort of stuff that gets you efficient and working smart. Smarter, not harder.
0: Yeah. Um, you also want to I'll define when you start the automation. I mean, that's a kind of obvious, but you know, when these people move in there to their first rental or when you add them into your database and they're in, they are tenant, um, under that tenant profile, and then when to stop the automation as well, because if they end up working with you to buy a home, you don't want to keep sending them rental or tenant emails. Like you probably hopefully want to switch them over to, um, a first time homeowner, maybe um, type drip campaign or, or have something else set up for them. So make sure you're you're creating organization to this as well. So things aren't going off the rails when when people's status changes in your CRM.
1: It's really important. Yeah, like you need to have a plan around the plan, right? It's not as simple as just putting a drip and saying, great, I'm done. It's what are your... Terms for every type of person, when they hit different points in the life cycle of their relationship with you, when a non-client becomes a client, when a tenant becomes a buyer, mm-hmm. whatever, all those things are going to trigger other changes in your CRM that I would think for the most part have to be manual, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, CRM systems don't at this point, and they will, I'm sure, but they don't necessarily mm-hmm. take transaction statuses and automatically change the whole system for that individual right? right although I'm sure you could build things like that but it's important to keep an eye on things and not just think doing this has put everybody on autopilot indefinitely. It's autopilot until they hit that next step mm-hmm. that you're hoping they get to
0: yeah yeah exactly um, and then the you know another thing to think about is just having an easy call to action for these people within each email that you send out. And the best way I have found to do that is if you have a Calendly account set up and you have a link where they can just book a quick call with you, um, that makes it easy. They don't have to you know, go back and forth with you on, on what works for your schedule. So if it's something that they want to talk to you about, they can go in and based on their schedule, just book something. And obviously your Calendly is attached to your own calendar, so you're not going to have to worry about double booking appointments or anything. It's, it's obviously, you know, blanking out those times where you already have meetings set up. So um, I find that's a great way to make it very direct um, and, and they can just have control of, of when they can, they want to reach out to you.
1: Next. I feel like I keep bringing it to like 10,000 feet, but then we're going back into the the plan. I know so we're going, keep, we're going
0: back keep, and forth. That's okay. Um, no, keep,
1: keep pushing your plan. I'll, I'll, I'll provide the color at the end of it all. <laughs> I want to, I want to get through like step-by-step step so people don't think I keep pulling us out of the story.
0: No. Well, I, I think you, the only other thing I was going to say is like the next step is obviously building the, the actual emails and that's the lengthier part of it. And how I found it was helpful is I kind of set out a plan where I was gonna do, okay, I'm gonna do three emails every day for the next however long. I guess it wasn't that long because it was only 12 all <laughs> altogether, 12 or 13. So it really took me like a week, but you know, obviously had to be committed to t- putting some side time aside every single day to put these together. And it became easier because a lot of it was kind of templated similarly, or maybe I already had the information. So it was more of a copy and paste. Um, So it's just a matter of number one, putting in the actual information. Number two, coming up with a really eye-catching type subject line where people will hopefully want to click on it. Um, so you don't want to make it super boring. You want to make it something, um, that people will actually be interested in reading. Um, and then the design aspect of it is another element that I kind of went back and forth with because for most CRMs, unfortunately, the design element is really standard, really blah, really not what I enjoy sending out. I want, to be proud of what I'm sending out. And I find it's very limiting sometimes, especially with the CRM I use. So I did consider going to something like a flow desk, which is, has beautiful, beautiful emails, but it's not connected to my CRM. So then I have to use a like something like a Zapier to pull them together so that they're talking to one another. And my CRM actually didn't do a Zap, a zap with with. Flowdesk. So that wouldn't even work for me, but there was other options. So do I completely switch my CRM in order to use Flowdesk to create these beautiful emails? Or do I dive a little bit into the design aspect of the current CRM I have and create something that is a little bit more in line with my brand, which is what I was able to do. So give some thought to that because, um, you know, I think a lot of times this is like one of those things where you know you ask people oh what crm do you use or what what email provider do you use and you get all sorts of different answers and you you kind of dive down these different paths but try to start with what you have and see what you can work on um and if design is important to you then obviously make sure it makes sense for you and your brand if you could care less about it and it's just about the qu- the quality of the text then i get that too and usually the crm you have should be fine for that but um it's really bringing in elements of your brand that you want to want to consider for that aspect of things that's a lot that's a lot in one yeah. one
1: paragraph I that i just went
0: that was through. more than a
1: paragraph that was that it's was, like, was, that, was a chapter. A chapter. that was a chapter chapter but one, that's chapter but it's all useful stuff i think though this is like honestly everything we talk about on this podcast like since day 1 maybe not day 1 day 1 sucked <laughs> but since like day i don't know 20, has been about, among other things, understanding your objectives and breaking things down into smaller pieces. And this is no different. I think when you're building this out, even before you start breaking out the content and figuring out your audience, you just brought up something that's really important, which is know what you have to work with and make sure it's the appropriate tool to do what you want to do, right? Right you're not going to rejig and rebuild your entire CRM system for the sole purpose of drip campaigns. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's good advice, but at the same time, if you're one of the many people who are still trying to figure out even how to get a CRM system or anything like that, if you've determined that drip campaigns is going to be an important part of your business and it probably should understand the limitations, understand what's going to talk to it or not talk to it and go into it, knowing you have the tools you need to do things properly because the frustration that comes from the back end logistical bullshit that isn't even part of building, like it's just the stuff that gets frustrating about computers and technology and systems will drive you nuts before you even get to the meat of what you're trying to do. Or the content is the easy part and just sending it out is difficult. That shouldn't be what you're struggling with, but in a lot of cases it is. And you can speak to That being the case, the number of times you've just been yelling at your computer, the drip is ready to go, but something about the way all the different platforms talk to each other or don't has made it frustrating. Mm -hmm. So get ahead of things in whatever it is that you're doing. And when it comes to, you know, not just the content, but even things like you had mentioned, and you did just go through a chapter. So I was just trying to take mental notes of all the things you were talking about. When you're talking about things like the call to action, and like, if it's a Calendly link or things like that, the same way you want to identify the types of questions this market asks, ask yourself, how do they want to interact with me? How would their journey look? What are their pain points, not just with themselves as a tenant or as an investor, but in how they deal with their realtor or would-be realtor? And understand those elements in the way that you're communicating with them. So this just takes a page out of just general sales training and the way we talk about buyer avatars and the way we talk about knowing your audience, it's really all elements of who they are and what is important to them, the content, and then what they're going to do with that in a way that's comfortable so that they can reach out to you. That needs to form what's in your email and what comes out of your email and what it leads to for them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you, it's great to have, like, if you've got like a downloadable PDF of something, like you said, did you say that Getting
1: closer to the microphone there? You were like away. Oh, and then the sorry, sound I thought you were looking at me. Like
0: I already said that.
1: No, no, no. Um, I gave you the nod because the sound got better. And it was oh, like, you no. were far and now you're close, which is another Sesame street reference. Grover's near and far. Great, great little skit
0: piece of classic Sesame street. Um, Yeah. But, um, you know, kind of add like different elements to each email is, is great, you know, whether it's a download or a link to your website or Instagram or, or whatever it might be like that kind of adds a different feel to each, each one that you're, you're putting out there. So it's obviously a time consuming part. To set it up, but once you've got it going, you'll be thankful that your clients are being kept in touch with without you Mm -hmm. having to do much work. Um, So,
1: incorporate the things that you want them to see. I mean, it might be multimedia stuff, might be links, might be whatever. Mm -hmm. Also, be aware of the rules when it comes to privacy, when it comes to if you need to have unsubscribe options in there, things like that. No one's going to unsubscribe because you're dropping important information on them, they're going to want more. Yeah. Um. But make sure that the little things that are boring are still part of the way that you craft this and it's done the right way. And if you're concerned or curious about, you know, advertising guidelines or whatever, or guidelines from your brokerage or things like that, mm-hmm. make sure you ask all the questions before you put something out and then are told to take it down.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's all I got. I mean, I know that was a lot, but hopefully everybody's taking notes and it's a helpful way to get started on your own. Be- the campaign.
1: beauty of a podcast, or if you're watching this on video, is you can press rewind and you can listen to it all over again. So if you weren't taking notes, guess what? Mm. We're still here.
0: Guess what? You press follow, you give us a rating on an Apple podcast, and then you, you go back and, and take some notes.
1: Do those things. We're not messing around. Do those things. I know everyone throws that out there, but it makes a big difference. Helps us out. That's all we ask. We don't need a we don't need a donation. We just need your little clicks. That's it. Just click. Interact with us. We like people. We talk to each other way too much and not to other people enough. So we're gonna have a guest next week. How about that? Teaser. There's there's your little end of the episode tidbit. There's a You're guest welcome. next week. You're welcome. All right, Better be a good one now, now that we've teased that out there.
0: I think it will be. I think we'll be good.
1: All right. Well, All stay right. tuned for that, folks. And thanks, as always, for listening. Go start building those drips and sign week. up for ours. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Level up, level up, level up, level up.